1: All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and this week the show is extra magical as we're rubbing the lamp, genies are arriving, we have wizards, warlocks, and so much more, because this week for show number 133, for the week of January 21st, 2016, we are welcoming none other than the iconic Broadway star, voice icon, and so much more, Jonathan Freeman here at the show. Now, Jonathan Freeman, who you may know as the iconic voice of Disney's Jafar, from the entire Aladdin series, as well as being Jafar on Broadway with Aladdin on Broadway. And Jonathan's going to be stopping in and talking about a variety of different things. What it's like being this iconic Disney villain within the Disney pantheon of Disney classics. How it was bringing Jafar to life on stage with Disney on Broadway. Being part of many other things, including a fantastic documentary and so much more. And Jonathan's going to stop in and spread his wit, his wisdom, and his genie powers with all of you D-heads. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. Yes, you have the questions, he has the answers, and Aaron is going to stop in and answer all those questions with I Want to Know. We also have Nathan, who's dusting off the books and bringing you the latest and what just happened this week in Disney history. We have Paige, who's spinning the tunes for you and bringing you another review in the Magical Music Review, and let's go deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you want to add to your collection with Jason, as Jason's going to bring that magic and wonder that you want to add to the small screen inside your home. We have Cody taking a look deeper with Jonathan Freeman, our very special guest with this week's Hollywood Walk, and let's not forget Randy, who's stopping in with another Disney multimedia for all of you Disney fans out there. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon, so many different things with Disney news from the Disney Channel, Disneyland, Star Wars, Epcot, action figures, and so many other tidbits lots of fun things on the horizon. So before we officially kick off the magic and wonder of this week's show, because it is one big party in Agrabah, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. Mickey's Travel is going to give you all the best Disney Travel Advice help you book those trips make it the most magical and wonderful for your Disney trip. They have experts who are going to walk you through every step from dining reservations, getting those tickets, to resorts and more. And just for mentioning Diz Radio, they have all kinds of freebies for all of you from autograph books, lanyards and all kinds of goodies. So definitely check them out. It's 100% free. Check them out at Mickey's Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, it's time to dust off that lamp, rub it real good, get the genie to arrive, because we have all kinds of fun. So let's officially have that party kick off here in Agrabah for show number 133 for the week of January 21st, 2016. Be right back, all of you D-Heads. I am excited for this one. Close your eyes and make a wish.
2: There's a party here in Agrabah. There's excitement in the air. People pouring in from near and far The Jasmine and Aladdin are gonna have a wedding There's a party here in Agrabah Everybody will be there So if you're a pauper, or a show Do something with your hair You mustn't wear an outfit that's naughty A turban and reveling just won't do No earrings that are tasteless or gaudy You're gonna look gorgeous when I get through There's a party here in Agrabah So I'm going to paint it down if you want to see what colors are, follow me around. The i gets married and it's gonna be the wedding of the century. My body's getting married and you're gonna see just how much I can do. You've heard of your safari bar mitzvahs. <laughs> You've opened two or hour, sweet 16. Oh. Well, none of them compare to what this is. The food will be disgusting, by eating you'll be busted. It's a party here in Acrobus, and it's got us all aglow. If a street rat could have come so far, maybe I could do it. Sure, there's nothing to it. There's
3: a party here in Agrabah, but we're not sure that we'll go. For although the bride is yonder, the groom is awfully
2: low. And now we take you down to the palace, where everyone has celebrated all night long. That's your fur and all of everybody's happy. What could possibly go wrong? There's a party. Agrabah, and we're
0: going
4: blind
0: While they're all munching caviar Create a small disturbance I'll sneak up from behind
2: This party here in Agrabah And the loot is pouring in I like this wedding stuff So far, maybe if I'm pleasant I'll get to keep a present We've ordered just a few tasteful flowers
5: And Valleys, lets will carefully Park for you
2: The bridesmaids have been dressing for hours Girls, you look just lovely and so grown up, too. There's a party here in Agrava. Guests are filling up the room. But there's something missing. Yes, aha! Where is the groom?
0: Cooper. And uh. their dealings with. Dressed envelope to. Davis and Kirk...
4: Right down that. This holiday season, fly into Burger King and celebrate the magic of Disney's Aladdin now in theaters. Make wishes come true when your kids take home their own genie in the lamp Disney's newest hero, Aladdin, the lovely Princess Jasmine,
0: the mischievous Abu, and the evil Javar. Collect all five, one with every kid's meal, only at Burger King, but hurry before the magic of Aladdin disappears. Come on,
5: Hello, this is Jonathan Freeman. I'm the voice of Jafar in the 1992 animated feature Aladdin and also currently appearing as Jafar on Broadway. And you are listening to Disney On Demand.
4: (laughs) Hi, I'm Jonathan Freeman, and I'm here with the Broadway cast of Aladdin. And for all those of you who are villains out there, we've got a little surprise up our sleeves. Hit it! Yes, it is he, but not as you know him. You know him. My lips and come to grips with reality. reality. Yes, me to blast your past. Whose lies were too good to last? Oh, no. Say hello to your precious Prince Ali. <laughs> we're just getting warmed up. We got a few more tricks up our sleeve. Poor, unfortunate soul. Da, 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 da. Go ahead, Make a choice I'm a very busy villain And I haven't got all day It won't cost much Just your voice If you want to cross the bridge My sweet, you've got to pay a toll Take a gulp and take a breath And go ahead, sign the scroll Look out world, now we've got our girls The boss is on our roll You poor I'm tortured. de Ville, Cruella Deville. if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will, no. to see her is to take a certain chill, Cruella, Cruella Deville. so you're the one that everyone's been talking about, ah. Mr. Oogie Boogie says there's trouble close at hand, no. you better pay attention now, cause I'm the boogie man. And if you don't believe me, there's something very wrong, cause this may be the last time.
6: Are you finished?
4: Upon the interruption, this may be the last time you hear the boogie. From me, his personality flaws give me adequate calls to send him packing on a one-way trip. His prospects take a terminal dip. His assets frozen, the venue chosen, the end of the world. Salam! ex-Prince, aha.
0: Disney Blues. Disney On Demand.
7: I thought you were dead.
0: Uh, uh. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What?
7: My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Was this baby? We'll never be
1: You just tell the man you want
0: to go back to your mother.
1: Alright, all of you Disney fans, so I am back and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 133 for the week of January 21st, 2016 because we have all kinds of fun on the horizon as I already mentioned as we have none other than Jafar. Yes, Jonathan Freeman is going to be stopping in here. The iconic voice of Disney's top villain Jafar as well as being Jafar on Aladdin and Broadway. He's been in a variety of Broadway productions from Mary Poppins, Beauty and the Beast, you name it and Jonathan Freeman's going to be stopping in here very shortly. We also, have the D team of Aaron, Nathan, Paige, Randy, Jason, and Cody all stopping in here this week. Tons of news hot off the D wire. Well, maybe not tons of news, but we do have news hot off the D wire and all kinds of fun. So, before I jump into the news hot off this D wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at Dizradio.com. That's D I Z Radio com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our podcast archives, our lifetime of Disney Player, our latest news, blogs, memes, and so much more. Right there on our official website at dizradio.com. D i z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue. That's B l u. Diz Radio. D i z Radio or Disney On Demand. All of which which are going to help you find our fun, quirky little show. And remember to join up with our Diz Radio discussion group on Facebook as well. And if you want to get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, and more, you can always subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your device to listen to as soon as they get released. And don't waste any time to spin the magic here at the show. And remember, you can find all of these links on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, there is news hot off the D-wire, but it has been a very slow Disney News Week. Now, usually I have so much news, I'm just pitching things that I'm not even bringing to you because the show is going so long. Well, this week... There's not a ton of news, but there is some news on the horizon that I will bring you. And I'm excited to get through it here this week because not only is Jonathan Freeman here, I'm getting ready for something magical as this weekend is my favorite time of the year as it's the father-daughter dance. But enough of that, let's jump into Star Wars and a galaxy far, far away. And how about Disney recalling Darth Vader and anniversary onesies? Yes, this week, the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts are recalling Darth Vader and Disneyland's 60th anniversary infant onesies because the snaps can detach and pose a choking hazard. Now, so far, no injuries have been reported. This is something that they have noticed on their own, so they're going ahead and recalling all of it. Now, so far, the recall involves over 10,000 onesies. Now, consumers were advised to stop using the items and contact Walt Disney Parks and Resorts for instructions on returning them for a full refund. Now, the Darth Vader onesies were sold in five sizes, including 3M, 6M, 12M, 18M, and 24 months as well. Now, the artwork on the front of the bodysuit shows an infant Darth Vader holding a lightsaber with the text. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Now the Disneyland 60th onesies were sold in four sizes as well including from six months all the way to 24 months. Now the artwork on the front of that one includes Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Donald and Pluto in front of the Disneyland castle and the text on the front says 60th Disneyland Resort Diamond Celebration. Now, the onesies were sold at Walt Disney World Resorts in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, Disneyland Resort in California, and the Treasure Catch Shop on Disney Wonder and Mickey's Main sale located on the Disney Magic, the Disney Dream, and the Disney Fantasy all the way through February of 2015 through November of 2015. Now, the cost for these were about $20, and Disney is issuing a full refund. So right now, if you do have one of these or if you have purchased it, you can go to DisneyParks.com, or you can also call them at 844-722-1444. Now, since we are talking about Star Wars, and might I add if you if you're a Saturday Night Live lover and you love the show Undercover Boss, you got to check out when Kylo Ren went Undercover Boss on Saturday Night Live this last week. It was hilarious. But getting back to Star Wars and all the Star Wars films, how about Episode 8 has now been pushed back once again. Now it has been pushed back ...for a variety of reasons. Now, they have already stated that the movie is getting a rewrite... ...as there are three new characters that were supposed to be introduced... ...and become main staples. But because of the huge success... ...of the franchise and Star Wars The Force Awakens, they have somebody going in and rewriting... ...so then that way it features a little bit more about Finn, Rey, and also Poe, which, come on, that's what we expect out of this. We don't want to just keep introducing tons of new people. These were the new characters. That's the impression I was under. But, because of that, it is also getting delayed. Now, many Star Wars fans were excited to see a May release. Now, for all of us Star Wars fans out there, that is a big, big release, but now it has been moved from May 26, 2017... December 15th of 2017. Now, obviously, this gives director Rian Johnson longer to work on the film, but it's likely Disney decided to push back Episode 8 so it can mimic the successful pre-Christmas release. That it did for *The Force Awakens*. Now, since its release in mid-December, J.J. Abrams' film has ranked at almost 1.872 billion dollars at the global box office, and it's the third highest-grossing film of all time, behind *Avatar* and *Titanic*. But it is the highest-grossing domestic film in the United States. Now, if you are somebody who has been completely in the dark, *The Force Awakens* new characters played by Daisy Ridley, who does Rey, John Boyega, who's and Oscar Isaac, who is Poe Dameron, will be returning for Episode Eight. and, of course, we all know Luke Skywalker will be more in the film. So there's a lot of different things, but this also pushes back, and Disney has now scheduled Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales for release on May 26, 2017 instead of Star Wars. Now, I am excited for that film as well, and you may remember when we had Mr. Gibbs here in the studios live from the set of the next Pirates franchise. So Star Wars getting delayed, Pirates getting that date, and many movies on the horizon. Now, pushing along here, Burt's Big Adventure has now chosen 14 children for a free Disney trip. Now, an Atlanta-based nonprofit organization has now offered an all-expense paid five-day journey to Walt Disney World in Orlando for children with chronic and terminal illnesses and their families. Now, January 12th, it did announce its selection committee and has chosen 14 children from Atlanta, Georgia and the surrounding areas to have this Walt Disney World gift given to them. The honorees were selected after the committee carefully considered and sorted through hundreds of applications. Now, as they have released, we are so thrilled to have chosen 14 wonderful children and their families to join us for this trip, said Burt Weiss, the adventure's founder and host of The Burt Show, a syndicated radio program that is locally to the Atlanta area. Now, the trip will be an adventure that they will never forget, and we feel honored to be sharing this amazing experience with them and providing the opportunity of making their days a little bit brighter. Now, this is fantastic and great. I just love good news like this, something that does make it magical, and Disney is always magical, and now Bert's Adventure is sending these 14 children and their families to the Walt Disney World Resort as well. Now, the send-off party is set for February 18th. Now, getting to the small screen and big screen, High School Musical. Yes, everybody has been talking about it, tweeting about it, and we even had High School Musical cast Alicia Ruin here on the show, uh, you know, last year talking about High School Musical. Well, now they have reunited and reminisced about filming, fans and more at the 10-year reunion. Yes, the gang was all here this last week, but it's been 10 years since the original High School Musical premiered on Disney Channel, and they've all learned something a little bit about friendship, musicals and more and now to celebrate, Disney is hearing High School Musical again. This week, that does star many of your favorite talents, from Vanessa Hudgens, Zac Efron, Ashley Tisdale, Lucas Gabriel, Corbin Blue, and many others. Now, this is something that everybody was gearing up for. I, myself, was a little bit older for the high school musical craze, but it still really is a fan fantastic film now i do have to say 10 years that really has flown by i cannot believe that it has been 10 years so far now if you didn't get a chance to check it definitely relive it as it is going to be streaming all over the media when it did air on entertainment tonight but high school musical 10 years i couldn't pass this one up so hey you know if you grew up with high school musical you were probably in tears and it probably brought back some childhood memories Now, moving back to Star Wars here, but gaming. And let's talk about Star Wars Battlefront 3 prototype leaking online. Now, the lost sequel to the developer pandemic, Star Wars Battlefront 2, may have leaked online this last week. Now, Star Wars Battlefront 3, a shooter from the late 2000s from developer Free Radical, never saw release. But now you can download what looks like a legitimate version of the game and play it if you have a modded Xbox 360. Now, you can find the download link through a Reddit thread that is online. Now, publisher LucasArts canceled Battlefront 3 around the same time of 2008. But since then, numerous reports have shed light on the development of the game. Now, this includes leaked screenshots and art. But now, fans finally have the opportunity to try out the prototype copy of the game. Now, this is different than the Star Wars Battlefront that is from Electronic Arts that did get released this last November. Now, many developers have reached out to Free Radical Boss Steve Ellis, who is now a director at Crush Lab, and he said this looks like the absolute real thing. It looks legit. It looks like what we created. Now, the game does not run on Xbox 360 PC emulator, But you do have to check it out as a modded Xbox 360. Now, this prototype is consistent with what everybody's heard about Battlefront 3 in the past. Now, this is something that, uh, hey, if you're a fan of gamers, you were waiting for this game to come out and it got canceled and shelved, now's your chance to actually play it. Now... As I said, news is very, very light here this week. There is really nothing on the Disney radar much this week, but that's okay because we have a fantastic guest, so many things on the horizon. And let's just close it out with one more, and how about a little bit of Epcot for all of you and a larger-than-life sibling duo with Ariana Grande and Frankie Grande introducing a limited-edition fragrance for all. Yes, actress and internationally acclaimed pop star Ariana Grande and her sibling social media phenomenon Frankie Grande announced the launch of their all-new limited-edition shared fragrance Frankie by Ariana Grande. In a partnership with prestige industry leader Lux Brands, this is a must-have exclusive fragrance, as they put it, and it takes Irresistible to the next level by having a powerhouse of energy sibling duel with Ariana and Frankie behind it. Now, what makes this a little bit of Epcot? No, it's not the smell. We're not going to get the smell of the Mexican pavilion or Norway, but the bottle itself is fun to get. I do have to say, you have to get it just because it's really unique. I mean, it looks like a little itty bitty Epcot. I, it, it, whether they chose it that way or not, it looks like a little bitty Epcot. Now, I'm not going to go too much into uh, what the smells are, but they have Fresh It Up, Wild at Heart, Sexy Back, and more. But now you can get this as well. So, all VD has with that said, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave all of our news there because, like I said, news is very very light here this week there wasn't too much going on within the Disney front other than the onesies getting recalled and Star Wars getting pushed back which come on let's be frank everybody has heard about that on any Disney show, so that is something that everybody is already up on. So before I release the reins to the D-Team and let you guys go for all of them, because we have so many people on the horizon from the D-Team, Jonathan Freeman stopping in here, and, uh, you know, I'm getting ready for one of my favorite times, the father-daughter dance here this weekend, so I am really excited for that. I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel, and Mickey's Travel has been in business since 1994. They will help you 100% book your Disney trip absolutely 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 free. Now, their agency prides themselves on knowledge of Disney products and many others, and being distinctly named authorized Disney vacation planner. And Mickey's Travel is 100% free. It's a no-fee travel agency with legendary service, knowledge, and expertise that is available to you. And if you mention Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, you will also get some extra goodies from lanyards, autograph books, and more just by mentioning our show, so definitely check them out at mickeystravel.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, we have more coming from the D-Team. Like I said, we have Aaron, we have Nathan, we have Cody, we have Paige, Jason, and Randy, all stopping in here this week as we continue to make our way for that lamp, the evil one, and more. The wizard, Jafar, Jonathan Freeman, stopping in here very shortly, and I'm going to get ready with my tie and my clothes because... Like I said, we had the father-daughter dance, and with that, one of those things that truly is, yes, I'm going to get sappy for you, is I am going to the father-daughter dance with my oldest daughter here this weekend, and this weekend will mark our sixth father-daughter dance. Now, she is my first and my oldest being at nine years old, and let me tell you, something happened that day in the hospital nine years ago where it forced me to grow up. It forced all of us to be together, and now here I am, four kids later, bringing them to you here at the show, sharing it, Proud Father. And this weekend, there is something that is going to be extra magical, that time that I always love where it's just me and her dancing, having fun, with my little Disney princess. There's something that makes the magic in the memories, something that brings that tear to my eye, something that helps us just continue to grow in that special bond. So enough of that, and because of that, I'm going to leave you with a special song. That maybe might connect you with your childhood memories, or maybe connect you with your children and growing up with them as well. So, all heads, with that said, enough of getting sappy. Let's continue to press on with show number 133 for the week of January 21st, 2016, as we get ready for Jonathan Freeman to stop in. And uh, remember, make the memories, share the memories and make the most out of every single day with your family, your friends, and your children. You say it
3: started very small, as most dreams do. A twinkle in an eye, the thrill of something new. Then the dream began to grow and come alive. Touching every one of us, lighting up the sky. We share a magic day We share enchanted nights It's a never-ending story That together we all write It's been a part of me It's been a part of you A part of growing up together Sharing a dream The dreamer is the lucky one who knows deep in his heart That all of us are children, believers from the start Fairy tales and fantasies of a hundred magic years Filled with pixie dust and princesses, our favorite mousketeers We share a magic day We share enchanted nights It's a never-ending story That together we all write It's been a part of me It's been a part of you A part of growing up together Sharing a dream come true We share a dream With each generation we know Treasure the memories And together watch them grow
0: envelope to Davis and Kurt, write
8: down that
0: Ah,
2: sire I
4: have found a solution to the problem with your daughter
2: a problem with your daughter oh oh,
4: really right here if the princess has not chosen a husband by the appointed time then the sultan shall choose
2: for her Jasmine hated all those suitors. How could I choose someone she hates? Not to worry, my liege. There is more.
4: (coughs) If in the event a suitable prince cannot be found, a princess must then be wed to... uh, Hmm. Interesting. What? Who? The royal vizier.
2: (laughs) That would be... me. But... I thought the law says that only a prince can marry a princess. I'm quite sure. Desperate I...
4: times call for desperate measures, my lord. Desperate measures. You will order the princess to marry me. I will order the princess to... But you're so old. The princess will marry me. The
2: princess will marry what is
5: that? Oh, that music. Hi, this is Richard Karn, and you're listening to Disney on Demand.
0: You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know.
8: Hey, D heads this is Aaron it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. You guys have been busy sending in emails, so let's reach into that virtual mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Ellen Hampner of North Carolina and she writes, Question for the podcast. In Disney Channel's fill of the future, it seen that show ended faster than most Disney Channel shows. How long did it actually run for? And did anyone go on to anything else? I know Allie Michalka did but what about the rest of the cast do they ever show reruns and did Phil ever get back to the future I never saw the last show thank you for the assistance. Phil the future is an American science fiction sitcom that originally aired on the Disney channel from June 18th 2004 to August 19th 2006 for the total of two seasons. It follows a family from the future that gets get stranded in the 16th century when their time machine breaks down. The series began airing again as reruns as part of Disney Replay. It also currently airs in select countries such as Canada on the Family Channel. Most of the actors went on to have successful acting careers, making guest appearances in many television shows. Amy Bruckner, who played Pim Diffie, was also in the 2007 movie Nancy Drew, playing Bess Marvin, and a 2005 movie Rebound, playing Annie. Craig Anton, who played Lloyd Diffie, is probably best known as one of the original cast of comedians on Mad TV. Lisa Sim, who played Barbara Diffie, also had a recurring role on The Young and Restless as Connie Wayne, and made several guest appearances on other TV shows. The final episode was called Back to the Future, Not the Movie. This show is about Phil and Keely finding out they were voted cutest couple, so they start dating. Meanwhile, Pam notices that the time engine which Lloyd is working on, on the table could easily be fixed. So the secret is out. They are going home. But that doesn't sell well with Phil and Keely. There's nothing more frustrating to not have conclusion to a TV show that you enjoy. But it was a fun show while well, it lasted. Well, next question is from Scott of Texas, and he writes, Disney On Demand? In discussion with my spouse the other evening, I am a sucker for trivia. We were talking about Aladdin. I think I heard there were supposed to be two genies in the film. Is that really true? What about And what would their roles have been? I also heard that Patrick Stewart was going to be Jafar. Is there truth to that? You are awesome, and thank you for the help. Keep up the good work on the show, and I always look forward to it every week. Well, Disney's 1992 Aladdin is one of my favorite movies, and you're absolutely correct about the two genies. In the earliest scripts, there were two genies, one occupying the lamp and one a ring, and and the genie himself could grant an infinite number of wishes. In the first draft, Aladdin had three friends, a magic ring, and two genies. Martin Short, John Goodman, John Candy, Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, and Albert Brooks were all actors that were considered at one time for the voice of Genie. I'm so glad they went with Robin Williams. Scheduling conflicts with Star Trek The Next Generation forced Patrick Stewart to turn down the role of Jafar. He said in interviews that this is his biggest regret. Tim Curry, Kelsey Grammer, John Hurt, Christopher Lloyd, and Ian McKellen were also considered for the role of Jafar. Hope that helps you with your trivia and a little more. Our final question is from Kim Yang, and she writes, Thinking about the Magic Kingdom. It is the most magical place on Earth. I was trying to play something to an old photo I have of me as a child there. It has some Mickeys walking on their hands in a parade. A lot of clocks, and some of the people were wearing tons of yellow. Was this a three o'clock parade? And any thoughts on what it is called or what or was it a stage show? Thank you, Diz Radio. Well, the parade you're referring to was called Mickey Mania Parade that ran from june first, nineteen ninety four to september thirtieth, nineteen ninety six. There were over a hundred performers in the parade, and every float featured People dressed to represent an element of Mickey. Some of the costumes people wore made it appear they were walking on their hands. And still walkers were dressed in Mickey Mouse yellow. As far as the clock, one of the main floats was a Mickey clock that included gears and people dressed as clocks. The parade song was Rock the House with the Mouse. There's some great videos on YouTube to relive this parade. Well, D-heads... That concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E R I N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D Heads.
9: Machine, and they're on their way We the a time way, way, way back in the day So now we fell,
3: fell, fell out the future Keeping it together just as best as we can Fell, fell, fell out the future fill. He's a 22nd century man century On a holiday through history But the final destination was a mystery
2: There's something on the time machine had blown So they ended up right here in our time zone So now we fell, fell, fell out
3: I never knew in history this where he was
10: found. Fill, fail, out the future. He's a 22nd century man. Fill, out the future. He's a 22nd century man. It's simple, guys. You gather a crowd. Sing, dance, put on a little show? I don't know. People paying to watch other people sing and dance? Who does that? Aladdin, the lovable thief, is
9: stealing the show in a brand new Broadway musical.
0: My wish for the audience of Aladdin is that they'll be completely moved by the show. Casey has an exuberance and there's a joy about what he
1: does. It's a story that everyone can relate to. It's full of so much comedy and full of so much joy. And could I mention,
10: everybody sing!
0: a really good story and you're giving people big giant numbers and lots of production value. A set
1: design and a lighting design and a costume design it's a visual feast. This is a wonderful adaptation filled with color, charm and loads of theatrical magic. And we cannot wait to see all that magic live. How do they make that carpet fly? People are watching it and their faces are like this.
4: (gasps) Do you trust me? I do. <laughs> ah, I love it. I want to do it again. <laughs> Alan Menken, he
0: knows how to write a song like nobody else. Hey,
10: Mr. Alanzer, what will your pleasure be? I'm in the mood to help you do. You ain't never had a friend like me.
9: It's all here with the added bonus of ravishing technical designs, incredible stagecraft, the entire company is sublime. Hello, everybody. Thanks.
0: The moment when James Monroe Iglehart as the genie stops the show and gets a standing ovation. And the first time it happened, I told him to sit down and my director goes, don't do that. What a performance. Such talent and energy could only come from a true genie.
11: Get it? Got it. Good. Woo!
1: Aladdin has been transformed, becoming the biggest new hit of the season i got to say the surprise hit of the season. You are right.
4: You know what? We're going to give this to you. It's a fun night, and it's a fable, and here it all is.
10: Wish me luck.
3: With a mania that's hit the street with a brand new
1: beat. Gosh, Sounds like a party! Maybe I should bake a cake. <laughs> yep. Tip is goofy! It's not that kind of party! It's a death jam, And we're invited to
3: groove with the rest of the gang! That's right, Roger! My main man, Mickey Mouse, is busting fresh out of sight. He wants you all to chill hard and bump the bump while the mania grooves your moves. Mickey Mania is taking control! <laughs> Kick it, kick it, you got the the chicken. wheel
5: This is Alicia Grillin. You know me from High School Musical and Halloween Town. Hi, and you're listening to Disney
12: On Demand. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Disney Radio History, with show number 97 from January 2015, featuring the voice of Disney himself, Mark Elliott. So, coming soon to a downloaded podcast near you is this nostalgic throwback to the classic days of Disney trailers and many voiceovers in general. Throwback now and listen in. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1882 when Alan Alexander Milne, the author and creator of Winnie the Pooh, is born in London, England. In 1904, film star Cary Grant is born under the name Archibald Alexander Leach in Bristol, England. In 1913, legendary actor, singer, comedian Danny Kaye the host of the 1982 television program, Epcot Center, the opening celebration, is born in Brooklyn, New York. In 1930, while Walt is in New York, animator Ub Iwerks informs Roy O. Disney that he wishes to leave the Disney company as soon as possible. Roy is stunned, but offers up $5,000 for his 20% share of the company. In 1931, actor James Earl Jones, the voice of Mufasa in Disney's The Lion King and its sequel, The Lion King 2 Simba's Pride, is born in Arkabutla, Missouri. Also, we can't forget one of the most villainous and memorable voices of all time, Darth Vader himself. In 1946, Disney animator Frank Thomas, one of Walt's Nine Old Men, is discharged from the Army Air Corps. Enlisted in the service since December of 42, he will return to work at the Disney studio in April of 46. In 1956, actor, director, and singer Robbie Benson, the voice of the Beast in Disney's animated Beauty and the Beast, is born in Dallas, Texas. In 1964, teacher-turned-major-league baseball pitcher Jim Morris is born in Brownwood, Texas. His story was the subject of Disney's 2002 release, The Rookie, starring Dennis Quaid. In 1977, Disney's original Freaky Friday, starring Barbara Harris, Jodie Foster, and John Astin, is generally released. In 1978, Junius Matthews, the voice of Rabbit for Disney's Winnie the Pooh from 1966 to 1977, passes away in Los Angeles, California. He also provided the voice of Archimedes, the owl, in Disney's 63 feature, The Sword in the Stone. In 1980, actor, screenwriter, and composer Jason Segal is born in Los Angeles, California. He co-wrote the screenplay and starred in the 2011 comedy, The Muppets. In 1991, Eastern Airlines, the official airline of Walt Disney World during the 70s, officially shuts down. Just before Walt Disney World opened in 71, Eastern established itself and its service at Orlando International became the official airline of the company through 1987. Starting in 72, Eastern sponsored the Tomorrowland attraction if you had wings. In 1996, although opened since October 1st of 1995, Disney's Vero Beach Resort holds its official grand opening ceremony. In 1997, Disney legend Adriana Caslotti who supplied the voice and personality of Walt Disney's first feature-length cartoon heroine, Snow White, dies at her home in Los Angeles, California, following a battle with cancer. She was 80 years old, and Keslotti was 19 when she became the voice of the famous title character in Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. In 2006, 7.7 million viewers approximately watched the premiere of Disney Channel's original movie, High School Musical. In 2015, Strange Magic, an animated feature by Lucasfilm distributed by Disney's Touchstone Pictures, is released about goblins, elves, fairies, and imps in their misadventures sparked by the battle over a powerful potion. The film features the voices of Alan Cumming, Evan Rachel Wood, and Kristen Chenoweth. And we're going to end this Disney History Week D-Heads with 2016, when today, actually, High School Musical Maze debut this week, and now the Wildcat story is officially 10 years old. Well, D-Heads, it's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free, as always, to email me at Nathan at DizRadio.com. As always, have a great week and see you real soon.
3: All the magic of Disney's newest adventure, Aladdin. Yo, let's have some fun! Here's
10: beautiful Princess Jasmine with Aladdin and (laughs) G. Give me a prince so I can marry Jasmine. One wish coming up. Genie helps Aladdin, thick and thin. Not another prince, but Jasmine.
3: Aladdin, it's you! Let's dress her in her princess gown. So beautiful. Genie's the best
10: child there could be. Aladdin and Jasmine come with two outfits. All dolls sold separately, new
3: from Mattel. <laughs>
5: Walt Disney Home Video presents the
0: first all-new Disney animated movie produced exclusively for video.
11: All right, carpet, Let's
0: go. A new adventure with Aladdin. Disney's The Return of Jafar. (laughs) And Jafar is back, and he's out for revenge.
4: I'm arranging a little... Surprise for Aladdin. Now, Aladdin will have to use
0: all his tricks to face his biggest challenge ever. So join all your favorite characters. Aladdin, Jasmine, Iago, and the Genie.
11: Did you miss me?
0: It's
2: Aladdin in Disney's The Return of Jafar.
11: I love it!
2: My siestas are getting shorter and shorter.
9: Required voice identification. EC-82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where I can show you the world of Blu-ray in 10 minutes or less. Unless I really get in a roll, and, well, you know what happens. I'm glad you've been taking the time to see what treasures I have in store for you this week. You needn't look far when it comes to our guest for the vocal talents that he possesses. Let the Jonathan Wars commence as Freeman vs. Johnson begins. I'm not calling this one. It's too close for me. However, in this corner, I have the winning one-two combination, as The Return of Jafar and Aladdin and the King of Thieves has been released on a three-disc Blu-ray combo for the Disney Movie Club. I'm sure it will be available soon in other stores, but if you are a movie club member, this is the perfect way to get the Aladdin trilogy in the palm of your hands. I couldn't be more excited to add this to my collection. It seems to be the diamond, in the rough so to speak, that I've been missing. So with the voice of Jafar upstairs, I felt it was only fitting to honor the great voice himself with his own movie, the 1994 direct-to-video sequel, The Return of Jafar. Ah, Agraba, the city of mystery, of enchantment, and the finest merchandise this side of the River Jordan. See, that line still gets you every time. And you can't keep a good thief down. The baddest of the baddies, Abysmal, which is actually kind of like a play on words with Abysmal, voiced by the talented Jason Alexander. And why has he chosen to be some villains recently? He was a good guy once, you know. Abysmal And his cohorts think they have it all, until Aladdin and Abu come and steal everything, all to give it back to the people of Agrabah. You know, his people, kind of like the Robin Hood of the Arabian Nights. He chooses to give everything back to his people, all but one piece, a jeweled flower that he plans to give to Jasmine. I mean, nothing says true love like stolen goods. As you can see, things are going just fine for our Arabian couple. Speaking of couples, back in the desert, you know, the same desert where Genie paper-footballed them, our nefarious vizier, Jafar, now available in Crimson Genie, and his henchbird, Iago, have made it out of the sand and into, well, more sand. Jafar is persistently demanding for Iago to get him out of the lamp. Having had enough of this guy, hey, he's had to do some dirty work for one movie, let alone two now, Iago refuses to listen any longer and places him in a well. Thinking he's done the right thing, Iago heads back to Agrabah in hopes that Aladdin will forgive him. I mean, hey, what's the worst could happen? They could make him the worst host of the best bird show ever, right? Iago pleads his case to Aladdin. Hit and his bad guy, ill-fitting glove, you know, the whole case. But Aladdin doesn't buy it. Rushes after our fine-feathered friend and literally runs over Abysmal who isn't taking things lying down. Well, he kind of does, but that's, that's beside the point. Iago rescues Aladdin from what could have become some bad things in the city. And even though Iago has done well, Aladdin places him in jail, but promises him that he will receive a fair trial. And that trial can be seen on Netflix next month in a ten-part series. All is not doom and gloom in Agrabah. Genie's returned. I mean, how much greater can that be? Granted, it is not Robin Williams. It is Homer Simpson. But that's a whole other issue. It looks like the Disney Cruise Line has done wonders for him. He has a beautiful shade of dark blue from that tan, and he's made it back just in time. The Sultan, also known as Jasmine's Daddy, has a great dinner planned, and a good genie can't say no. At dinner, the Sultan announces that Aladdin is no longer a street rat, but a grand vizier. In his first order of business, Aladdin tries to make things right for Iago. But as fate would have it, Iago doesn't make it easy as he ruins the evening by chasing Raja around the room. I mean, here we go again, bird destroying things all over. Jasmine takes it even harder since Aladdin didn't even discuss his plans with her. With the help of Iago, Jasmine and Aladdin reconcile and everything seems great again. Meanwhile, back in the desert, Abysmal has found the well in which bottled Jafar is residing. Hmm, how convenient. Jafar knows exactly what to do and he does it well. He manipulates Abysmal to become the new owner of the lamp and has him waste two wishes at one time already. And hey, he was following the rules he's bound by. Nothing dirty here. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, and one other thing. Jafar is still holding a grudge against Aladdin and he and Abysmal travel back to Agrabah to give Aladdin what they believe he deserves. On their way, who should Jafar happen to bump into but his old partner Iago, who's on his way to becoming a real boy. I I mean, a better bird. Being the bad man he is, Jafar gets Iago on his side. A little coercion, a little guilt, you know, it goes a long way. And Jafar's plan cannot go wrong. That is, until he sees Genie and Abu, whom he takes care of rather quickly. (laughs) Heh, figures. A nice leisurely stroll in the garden turns into imprisonment, Aladdin still believes in Iago and goes to talk with the sultan to let him go. Look at it as the Yalta Convention, just not so heavy on world affairs. While they discuss things, hopefully over hummus and dolmas, you know, the good stuff, Abysmal, still under the spell of Jafar, ambushes the group, focusing heavily on Aladdin. Abysmal succeeds in kidnapping the sultan and throwing Aladdin into the river. Hmm, Seems like he knows what he's doing. Now, with both of them out of the way, Jafar can make his plan take root. He blames Aladdin for the death, and I put that in quotes, of the Sultan, and sentence him to death, worried to ever return to Agrabah. Talk about a grudge. In Iago's little mind, this isn't working out, and neither was him as an additional bird in the tiki room, but that's a whole other story. He feels the best thing to do is to make things right. So, he frees Genie, who goes off to save Aladdin. And Aladdin has had it up to here. Well, you can't see how high here is, but let me tell you, it's definitely taller than me. And that's saying a lot. The only way to do so? Destroy the lamp. So it's back to Agrabah to do the deed. Now that Aladdin is no longer a thorn in his side, Jafar thinks now is the best time for Abysmal to use his last wish to free him. Abysmal, however, hesitates. And even after Jafar bribes him with mountains of gold and treasures, he refuses him to set him free. Only out of the fear that Jafar's is just going to renege the whole deal anyway. Sometimes the baddies do know what's really going on. And while this is all going on, Aladdin is ready to take the lamp. But he is discovered, and Jafar has no more. And with a simple flick, they are all blown out of the throne room and into the garden. The nefarious Jafar, with his infinite power, opens a crack in the ground and magma flows, thus trapping Aladdin, Jasmine, Genie, and Abu. However, it's Iago who arrives just in time, takes the lamp, and is ready to save the day. But unfortunately, he's hit by Jafar and wounded. In a last attempt to make things right, Iago kicks the lamp in the boiling magma. The lamp melts, and Jafar is destroyed once and for all. Aladdin attempts to rescue Iago before Jafar's spell wears off. He does so, and everything is restored, even Iago's mind. And good thing, too, because at this point, he's now welcomed into the palace. And Aladdin has some news for the sultan as well. He's not really ready to take the responsibility to be the vizier, and I don't blame him. Those are big shoes to fill. Or are those big robes? Not sure. Besides... He has a whole world to see. So it's Jasmine who pushes him just a bit to take that carpet ride to see a whole new world. Meanwhile, back in the garden, there seems to be one last issue that's unresolved. That being abysmal, trapped inside a tree. Not only will he probably never see his riches, but he will never get to use that third wish. Granting wishes, spells, evil in disguise, you have to admit... It is a fun story, and a great way to follow up on Aladdin. And just in perfect timing, too, with the Diamond Edition just released last year, it's the perfect way to round out your Aladdin trilogy. There is a second movie on this disc, Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which is just as fun. Won't go into that. Probably we'll have to save that for another day. However, for a 1994 release on VHS, and then eventually on DVD, and now finally on Blu-ray, it's actually a great conversion. Your colors are great, but you can still tell this was a direct-to-video sequel. Not only is the video quality great, the audio is as well. You will be receiving some new songs along with this, so sing along, enjoy it. It is Aladdin. Now, when it comes to my favorite thing, those special features, well, unfortunately, there are very little. Actually, the only thing that I can say would be the positive to the Blu-ray features. You'll be able to do a Disney song selection. That's it. Choose your favorite song. Sing along. I can understand. Both of these were VHS original sequels. So again, back in those days, we weren't thinking that we were going to have time to add anything bonus to the film. But for completists like me, to be able to have both of these films and be able to watch all three at once is a great way to round out an evening, and quite frankly, a part of your collection. If you are a Disney Movie Club member, please get it. It's a great piece to add to your collection. I'm hoping this will be released in stores soon, so keep your eyes out. So I'm going to place this one high on the mountain of gold and we will see you again next week as we bring another new blue for you to view this year. So until then, gang, remember the magic of Disney movies is always buried deep in a treasure and also deep inside of you.
4: Prince Ali, yes, it is he, but not as you know him. Read my lips and come to grips with reality. Yes, meet a blast from your past, whose lies were too good to last. Say hello to your precious Prince Ali! So Ali turns out to be merely a plattern. Just calm need I go on, take it from me. His personality flaws, give me adequate cause. Just send him packing on a one-way trip, so his prospects take a terminal dip. His assets frozen, the venue chosen is the ends of the earth. woo
10: Ali!
0: Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk.
2: Lights! Camera!
5: Action!
13: Hello, D-heads. It's that time again. It's time to get ready to find out who our special guest of the week is. This week we have Jonathan Freeman. For those of you who don't know, he was the voice behind one of the most well-known villains in Disney history, I guess you should could say. He voiced Jafar in the Aladdin franchise, so that's very excited to have him on here. And as we're about to dive in here, you'll find out that's not the only thing he's he's good at or that he's known for. Which, a lot of this is surprising to me, but it's all very interesting stuff. So why don't we go ahead and dive right in. Born February 5th, 1950 in Cleveland, Ohio. So right in the middle of the United States. He's best known for, as I mentioned, Jafar. Also, he, uh, in 2011, did the Broadway musical, Cogsworth, in the Beauty and the Beast, Broadway Productions, as well as Grimsby. So he's been keeping busy on stage, which is exciting. He's been kind of getting away from, from the screen. focusing more on the stage and he got his stage run playing the role of admiral boom and the bank chairman in the mary poppins broadway productions he did that in 2009 that's kind of when he kind of kicked off everything on on stage there and he really hasn't looked back since he's currently reprising his jafar role in the broadway production which opened in march of 2014 and he's the only disney character that has played the character in the film and also on Broadway on stage. So that's quite an accomplishment right there. As well as uh, Broadway and theater, he's known for on the big screen. A few titles that he's known for, uh, Forever Lulu, Homeboy, Shock to the System, of course Aladdin and The Return of Jafar. A couple of my favorites, The Associate, Ice Storm, and The Hoax. He's also been on a couple TV shows, a few of which with Disney, Hercules, TV show. These he's kind of just popped in and out of. He hasn't really been a huge part of the shows, not like a main character, but he's done some uh, voice acting for him. So Hercules, uh, House of Mouse, he's done Jafar, Lilo and Stitch, American Dragon, Gossip Girl. He's also been on Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and Law and Order Special Victims Unit. And also Too Big to Fail and Submissions Only in 2011. And that's kind of where he just started to just focus mostly on Broadway and the theater that was back in 2011. On top of big screen, TV shows and Broadway, he has also voiced Jafar on video games. Probably best known for voicing Jafar, again, in the hit video game franchise of Kingdom Hearts. I know a couple of friends that have played, uh, played that game pretty much since the beginning, so that's kind of neat that he's been involved in... In basically every aspect of Jafar but on top of all his uh, Disney Broadway hits and everything he's also been on Sherlock Holmes for Broadway she loves me how to succeed in business without really trying 42nd Street and many more off Broadway credits he's been very very busy on stage soundtracks he's been a part of are shining time station Aladdin and the return of Jafar and also on Mickey's House of Villains. And one of the greatest things that I found out about Jonathan Freeman is he was once quoted stating, I grew up on Disney movies, and as a kid, I always liked the villains. I loved everything about them, their scale and magic powers. That always appealed to me. So when I got the opportunity to take on Jafar for the film, it was a childhood dream come true. Well, Jonathan, seems to me that you've been living the Not just the American dream, but your childhood dream. And there's the old saying that find something you love to do and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And it looks like he's found it, playing Jafar for his whole entire career. And not only just playing the roles, but he's loving every minute of it. So that is this week's special guest, Jonathan Freeman, better known as Jafar from Aladdin. Thank you, and we'll see you all next week. Who saw the
0: new Disney movie, Aladdin? Who went to Burger King to get the free Aladdin Magic Cup? I love this place! Burger King celebrates the magic of Disney's Aladdin only in movie theaters. And now when you visit Burger King, you can get an Aladdin Magic Cup free. I gotta come back so I can collect all four. it When it gets cold, it changes color. And it's free when you order this, one of these, and a 32-ounce soft drink. let go away right away! I
3: love this place. <laughs>
0: It's
1: time for this week's Disney on Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney on Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of times those are ones that you've grown up with, you've passed on to your children like myself, as well as on Broadway and many other places. And with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of you Disney fans. You know him as the voice of Jafar. You also know him from Broadway with Beauty and the Beast, A Little Mermaid, Aladdin on Broadway, and many other things as well. We have none other than the talented Jonathan Freeman here. Welcome to Disney On
5: Demand. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the nice introduction.
1: It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your resume, and of course, a Disney icon when it comes to voice actors. I guess the first thing, and I know all of our listeners are going to, you know, they know I'm going to jump into this right away, but what led you down the career of Broadway and voice acting first and foremost?
5: I guess uh when I was a kid I was always interested in the theater. I uh I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and I grew up uh, at the time it was a, Cleveland, Ohio was a big stop a tryout town for Broadway shows. Um, my grandparents uh, were season subscribers to the uh theater in Cleveland where all the Broadway shows came to whether it was a national tour or a pre Broadway tour, and so I got very involved uh, with that going to you know going to see shows with them because I loved it. Um, you know you only have to go once, and those of you who have been to the theater, uh, or for that matter, any kind of live performance, um, you know concert, ballet. Uh, any kind of live performance, you, you you know, you grasp almost immediately that there is no substitute for live performance. You know, film is great, TV is great, radio is great, you know, a lot of things are great. But the fact is, when you are in a room with, you know, 1,700 people, as we are every night here uh, at the New Amsterdam Theater in New York, when you're in a theater with 1,700 people all having the same experience every night, it is very unique, and that's really what got me started, going to the theater with my grandparents and my parents. And uh, one day I saw a show, uh, I think it was a children's show, and I said to one of my parents, uh, I think I'd like to do that. And the next day I was enrolled and I was probably about, I don't know, eight, seven or eight years old at the time. And I started taking classes in children's theater uh, in Cleveland and then working at various theaters around the Cleveland area. And I did it. All through, you know, high school till I was 18 and graduated, and by that time I decided I wanted to be an actor, and I went to, uh, school and, um, studied acting, and then I put my dog in the car and moved to New York.
11: (laughs) Well, you know. How's that for an answer without taking
5: a breath?
1: Well, you know, that goes to show that, you know, you're a true showman. Don't even take a breath. You go right into it. And, you know, like you said, being part of like Broadway and seeing those shows, there is something that is just lively and fun and full of energy and having that initial reaction from the crowd. It's hard not to thrive off that.
5: Yeah, it's true. It's, it's very, it's very special. I, I, those of you who, who know Lily Tomlin's work might remember that years ago she had a great character that she used to play named Trudy the Bag Lady. And Trudy the Bag Lady picked up a Martian one day on the street and decided, and you know, said to him, do you want to go to Carnegie Hall? There's this wonderful, uh, child prodigy, uh, playing violin. And the Martian said, sure, I'll go along with you. And they went to the theater, they stood in the back of the theater, and they watched this kid play like crazy for an hour and a half. And then when the show was is over, Trudy the Bagwoman says to the Martian, So, what did you think of the little violinist? And, and the Martian says, What violinist? And, and she said, Well, the, she says, The violinist that I brought you to see on the stage, here at Carnegie Hall. And the Martian says, Oh, actually, I didn't know I was supposed to be watching the violinist. I was watching this 2,000 people in this room all having the same experience at the same time.
1: Well, you know, with that too, you know, and Lily Tomlin, you know, class act, actress right there. But I guess with that, you know, all of our Disney fans, of course, are going to want us to jump into, you know, Jafar and Aladdin. Um, Okay, let's go. Yeah, it, it changed, it changed the, uh, the tables when it came to Disney films and animated films. And of course, now is one of the most, uh, you know, modern day, I guess, Disney classics, I'd like to call it. I've passed it on to my kids. How did you land that role of one of the, you know, in the top five? Disney villains of all time?
5: I think, um, you know, when you start out these things, you never know it's going to be, you know, one of the great villains of in the in the Disney pantheon. You never know it's going to be a, a film or a play or a musical that's going to change the face of things. You just don't know. You know, I was just recently, in fact, on a train with Gilbert Gottfried and uh, going to a function. and We both agreed that when we took the jobs, they were really good jobs. But we didn't really think any further than that to be honest. It's, you know, almost 25 years ago and it was a great job to have and we knew that other people wanted them, but it was a job, you know. And we were we felt lucky and grateful for them and we, you know, attacked it with everything we had. But that was really what it was at the time. It's only, you know, history has has, you know, made it into this other very special thing. Um I think that you're right that It it, it did change things a bit. It was the third picture, as you know, of the three-picture deal that Howard Ashman and Alan Menken had. And I think because of Robin Williams, and also probably because of Gilbert, too, it made it a little edgier. And uh, I think Disney movies had, up until that point, been, you know, fantastic and wonderful. They had their ups and downs, I suppose, over the years. But, you know, mostly Disney animated feature films have been consistently fantastic. Uh, I do think though with, with, with Aladdin, it did sort of change a bit in that way. I think it was, the time was right, and I think that the, the people they hired were right, and uh, and it just sort of became it became what it is, but it you know because of a of, of a strange and uh, con- confluence of things that coming together that no one could have could have imagined. Um, so you know I don't know I grew up watching Disney animated movies and I was always always attracted to the villains and not because I was like a mean or nasty kid or anything, but I I really <laughs> they they appealed to me those characters appealed to me. You know it's it's. Um, we're like uh, 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 I don't know. I mean, not every not every young boy and girl wants to be the prince and princess. You know, uh, there's something about those characters that appeals to to a lot of kids. I think I think their size, their you know, the scale at which they operate, the um, you know, they're they uh, most of them have kind of a, a, a strange uh, natural for them anyway, cruel beauty that. Uh, sort of um is uh a, a very strong uh a, a kind of a, a a cruel beauty i like to say that is very appealing to um to to uh to kids especially you know they have magic powers they you know are usually have dynamic um uh dynamic uh uh Wardrobes they have fantastic places that they live, whether it's in a crazy cave under the sea or some weird castle up in the air, and they also have you know these um many of them have anyway uh magic of some sort, which is usually black magic that makes it much more interesting. I don't know, I just think that all of that you know as a kid made me very interested in them, and I played those kinds of characters growing up and then uh you know, the time came, I, I just was in New York at the right time, I guess, and I had auditioned for other Howard Ashman and Alan Mencken projects for Broadway and off-Broadway, and never landed anything, and I went in to audition for this particular one, and, uh, again, all the stars seemed to align, it was a character that I was familiar with, in a sense, I knew what to do with it. And um, it just it just happened.
1: Well, you know, and with that, like you said, it's one of those where everything aligned up, uh, connected. And, of course, there is always something for those Disney villains. All of us have our favorite Disney villain, of course. And with Jafar, is there one, I guess... Oh, hold it, hold it, it, hold it. it. Who,
5: let me just stop you there. Who's your favorite Disney villain? Oh, you my can goodness. be truthful. Well,
1: well, you know, I guess in, in mine, I, I actually go a lot less known. One of my all, all-time favorite Disney villains is actually the Horned King from The Black Cauldron.
5: Oh sure. Oh yeah. That's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> I, I think there's
1: yes, there's something just down and dirty and
5: mean about him. I think it's interesting that even in the projects, if you don't mind my saying so, like the Black Cauldron that may not have been, let's say, as successful as others, the villains are almost always successful. You know what I mean? They hold their own. They're <laughs> their meanness gets them through even projects that may in some cases be weaker than others.
1: Definitely. Well, you know, and with that then, I guess, what is, do you have one Jafar moment that's still your favorite when you see it on screen?
5: I'm not sure that I do. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't sit around and watch it every day, to be honest. And, uh, I, I haven't even, you know, it was just re-released on Blu-ray. And, um, I, I saw little pieces of that, you know, during the press junket. Um, I have to say it was all pretty delicious. I, I I took to it like a duck to water and uh and and I loved it. Um I would I would be really I would really hate to have to you know, people ask you like what's your favorite line? What was your favorite, you know, moment? You know, there's there's just so many. There are really a lot of them. You know, my most abject and humble apologies has always been one of my favorite lines. Um uh, I don't know. There was so much nonsense with Gilbert, you know, that was the, just we had a great time in the studio together. It worked really well. Um I don't know, many people may or may some people some of your listeners may know that uh I, I actually played Iago on an early recording of a song called Humiliate the Boy that didn't get used. It was the last song that Howard Ashman wrote before he passed away. And you can hear me on that recording being both Iago and Jafar. Um uh, by um by getting Gilbert to play Iago and letting him have um a, you know, um, one psychotic break after another. It helped me a lot. It really gave me something to push against, and it and it allowed Jafar to get really smooth, really cool, really mellow, and mostly, until he cracks up at the end, uh, you know, gave me something that was very opposite from just screaming and yelling, which um, they let Gilbert do. So I, it my performance improved immeasurably once Gilbert came onto the scene.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and with that, too, you know, like you said, you guys got to play off each other and of course jafar has now gone on into the disney pantheon with you know you had two movie sequels after that kingdom hearts numerous voiceover for the parks and whatnot um i guess it does, does it ever amaze you going out there and you just see all these generations of uh children of all ages who just uh still just thrive at this movie that is like i said it's one of the uh you know one of the top disney movies that is going to be passed on for generations
5: Yes, it still amazes me. I, I'm not. i I'll, I'm the last one to be um, to be blasé about it. I. I am. I am amazed. I, I feel. I feel very lucky and uh, privileged to have been able to to help create uh, this character. And um, you know, it, it's there. It's always going to be there. And um, now I'm doing it uh, live in person on Broadway, which has been an interesting. Um, uh, uh, part of the journey we've been together a long time Jafar and I um so yes it's quite amazing and I and I am um I'm constantly amazed by it I I, I can't tell you I I just I, I can't be blasé about it because it's been such a big part of my life and I've done a lot of other stuff you know I've continued to work I've been lucky enough to continue to work in the American theater and television and film and and um I really uh it's it's an extraordinary character and by the way I once bumped into uh Jerry Orbach on uh, 8th Avenue here in New York City with a mutual friend of ours who introduced us and he even said and it was at the height of his career when he was doing um uh, uh Law and Order um in addition to all of his other uh, wonderful things it was it was on, it was that day on the street that he said to me, you know, everything I do, there's almost nothing that equals me playing Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast. So it does make a big impact on the person who does it. You know, you, you, you must, I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to remember. Most people, I think, are not blase about it. Um, I haven't asked every other Disney villain or every other character, <laughs> but I, I would, I would bet you almost anything that they would, um, that they would say it's made a big impact on their life.
1: Definitely. You know, and like you said, you touched base upon, you know, aside from just having it, uh, you know, be on the screen and having it touch their lives, like you said, you know, you were part of a variety of different Disney Broadway productions from Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Mary Poppins, but of course, Aladdin on Broadway. What was your initial thoughts when you heard that they were going to bring this to Broadway as a big full-stage musical?
5: Well, um, don't forget, when we first made the film of Aladdin, there was no theatrical division of, of Disney, It didn't exist yet. Uh, The first show that they did on Broadway was uh, Beauty and the Beast, and it was very successful. I think it ran for 17 years or something like that. Um, And um, I I think that when they mounted that production of Beauty and the Beast originally, and then all the all the other things they did. I think I kept hoping that perhaps they would do Aladdin. And I think I once had a conversation with somebody at Disney about it and they said, oh, well, we'd love to, I think it would be too expensive, too difficult to, you know, whatever. It's with all the magic and the genie and how do you tackle, you know, the animals and the, so I think that they always wanted to do it. I think that they, they, Always thought it was a, I don't, I, I think that they recognized that, you know, uh, it was one of their better projects too. But I think, again, you know, all the stars had to align. They had to, it had to wait its turn until all the creative, the right creative team was available. And the creative team was able to sit down and say, okay, this is how we can do it and turn it out, uh, you know, change a, a, uh, a, um, action-adventure movie into a musical comedy. Uh, And they got all the right people, obviously, because it works like gangbusters. It just opened in Tokyo, the same production, in Japanese, and it's a huge success. Just opened in Germany, in German, and with an all-German company. Huge success there. And it's about to open in London on the West End, and then Australia, and then it'll be in the United States on a big tour. So I think they found the formula, and they found the formula by finding all the right people to do it. Um, and so I was glad to be included, and I was also glad that they did it when they did it because I'm starting to get a little bit old to be doing it, I think. Uh, <laughs> I um, Just because it takes an enormous amount of energy, uh, enormous to do eight performances a week. And I, I love doing it, but um, it it happened not a moment too soon, if you know what I mean. I I was hoping they'd do it, but it took such a long time. I think I kind of gave up on it a little bit. And then once they decided they were going to do it, then of course I had second thoughts about it too. I thought, oh my god, I don't what am I getting into? You know, I've already done it. I don't know if I have anything new to bring to the table. It's gonna be all new people. You know, don't forget when we went to work on the this production, this uh this production of Aladdin for Broadway, there were only one or two people left who had also worked on the project that, you know, were going to be working on this project. So I kind of felt a little bit like odd men out fish out of water you know um wasn't sure whether or not it was going to be successful for me or for them to have me doing it
1: well you know and with that too you know you really did bring him to life on stage and whatnot um did it feel completely different to you know jump into the role instead of just behind a microphone but now you had to fully embrace you fully are jafar in the physical form
5: uh the only thing that's weird about it is that um i I've worked, I worked so long, so many years, uh, with the image that Andreas Deja created for Jafar, and whenever I stepped up to the microphone to record something for, you know, uh, one of the theme parks or Disney on Ice or God knows what else. I mean, there have been so many things, board games and Kingdom Hearts, and, you know, you have the list there, I'm sure. Every time I stepped up to the mic and I went to work on it, of course, the image that I held in my head was always the Jafar that everybody knows that was created by Andreas for Disney. And, and it's a very strong image graphically. It's a, a very... Uh, it's a, it's just a... In every way, it's a very strong character, and it leaves you with a very strong image. And um, since I don't look like that, um, I I knew that there would have to be some concessions made. You know, we weren't willing to to put me or any other actor into a rubber face so that we looked like uh, one of the um one of the cartoon characters that's not uh, that's not the way we do things on broadway if you know <laughs> you know what i mean i mean uh, i'm not putting down anybody that does that you know what i mean but that's not that that wouldn't be a successful way to proceed, I think, with the for, with the musical. So we had to create something that's halfway in between me and and Jafar, and I think we we're successful at coming up with something that pays tribute to the original image, and um, and uh, you know then what I bring to the stage when I play them every night. It's different. It's definitely- it is different, sure. but it's the same, if you know what I mean.
1: Well, definitely. You know, it is, it is completely different because, you know, you have that visual from the animated classic that everybody knows. And of course, you're bringing another level of Jafar to the stage. And with that, um, you know, many of our listeners out there, you know, as they're aware that we're going to be speaking with you, always have their own questions as well. And, um, two of them that did pass our, 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 our I guess our way here, of course, is one, can you still pull off the Jafar laugh? And two, what did you think of the song "Why Me"?
5: Uh, yes, I still do the laugh. I still do it in all different lengths and versions. And um, is that is that the right answer <laughs> to that question?
1: <laughs> I, I I I think you answered that you know pretty yeah. dead on. I think that was yeah, no, funny. the laugh
5: is still there. That doesn't <laughs> that hasn't gone anywhere. Um, and oh, yeah. why me? Oh, uh. Well, you know, Why Me, it, it was a wonderful song, and but it's one of, I think, seven songs that were written for Jafar between, uh, from the beginning of working on Aladdin and, uh, if I can, if I can rattle them off in my brain, uh, I'll try to. Some of them can be found, um, Humiliate the Boy can be found online in pencil test and storyboard form. Um, you know, they just added, uh, they just added this um, song at the end of the new Blu-ray that's called, um, shoot, let me think now. Oh, it's called, uh, Running. oh no, uh, My Finest Hour, which is the song that was recorded. Okay, here we are, this is the list in order. I, I kept it in my phone because I've been asked this a lot. The first song that I recorded was called Humiliate the Boy. The second song was a song called My Time Has Come. The third song was called Master of the Lamp. The fourth song that I recorded um, is called "Why Me" with a full uh, studio uh, orchestra, and that can also be found uh, online in pencil test and storyboard form. Uh, My finest hour is the song that they pieced together from remnants of a song that they had been working on at one point, and it's on the end of the Blu-ray in the you know the features when they stick stuff on the end of the of the movies. Um, Then when we were out of town they wrote a a song called uh, running the show um that we worked on and they scratched and then they wrote the song that I'm currently doing in the show, called "Diamond in the Rough." I still sing the the reprise of Prince Ali at the end, when just before he has his uh, big psychotic break. But uh, "Diamond in the Rough" is the song that replaced all of those songs. And then, of course, in the in the sequel to Aladdin, the Return of Jafar, there was a song that they wrote that's called "You're Only Second Rate." So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's eight songs that have been written in twenty. For almost twenty-five years, for Jafar.
1: <laughs> well, see that right there. I think shows how strong Jafar is, because I think that's more musical numbers than any Disney villain in history.
5: <laughs> well, you know, when you put together a Disney animated feature, well, any any animated feature, what happens? Is it's like putting together a musical, a, a musical comedy. Uh, if the If the story changes the, meaning the you know the scene and it no longer supports the song, then the song has to go and then they write another one so it's not uncommon for them to write and rewrite and rewrite and in fact, in this production on Broadway, there are some songs that were originally written for the film that uh were cut from the movie um either. In demo form, or some of them were recorded and not used. Uh, rarely do they get all the way to full animation because it's just too expensive. They usually do the editing, you know, in the voice in the voicing process. But uh, there are a lot of songs that were reinstalled in this show that uh, were written originally. And there are also some new songs that were written, including Diamond in the Rough.
1: Well, you know, I guess with that, too, you know, and being able to bring this character to life, you know, from all those songs, Broadway, the films, um, does the new Amsterdam Theater, does it just feel like a second home to you now at this point?
5: Well, um, I did Mary Poppins here for Disney for a couple of years. and the New Amsterdam theater is a gorgeous theater it's it's uh it's the sort of the flagship theater and residence for Disney in New york City um, it's really incredible theater I, I I urge anybody that comes to New York City even if they don 't want to see Aladdin <laughs> they should come and see the incredibly beautiful theater although if you buy a ticket and you get into the interior of the theater you see even more incredible theater uh it's It's just a magnificent uh um, Palace, uh, uh really it it's it's beautifully put together Disney rescued it from you know the mold and mildew and decrepitude it was about to cave in uh, when they rescued it and um, put it back together and um, it's it's just it's just magnificent I can't say enough about it but I think I probably have at this point um, it, but um it does feel like a second home I'm very glad to be here uh, I've spent now. Uh, it will two years it'll be two years already two years uh, with Aladdin and I was here for a couple of years with Mary Poppins and um uh you know Disney is Disney has been very good to me I'm I'm very lucky to have uh found them originally and um I feel fortunate to have continued to work for them on and off for all these years so yeah it is like a second home
1: well, you know, and like you said earlier on, you said that, you know, no matter the age, Disney always touches somebody's lives and many different things. And we know you're busy, so we you know, pushed on with just a couple more things here. And one of those is you're part of a documentary that's touching somebody's life as well, correct?
5: Yes, that's right. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, many, uh, I'm trying to think how many years ago, probably five or six years ago now, maybe, uh, or more than that. I, I can't remember how long it's been now, but... Within the last uh, probably eight years, I got a note backstage at the theater that uh, a man named Ron Suskind left for me. Ron Suskind, uh, for those of you who may or may not know, is a Pulitzer Prize-winning writer. He uh, is a wonderful – spent has had a huge career as a journalist and uh, has written many, many wonderful books. And um, he left me a note saying that he'd been at the theater, and his son, Owen, who uh, at the time was, I think, 17 – uh, was a great aficionado of all things Disney. Uh, he knew the names of every actor that had voiced every Disney character for the last 50 years. He knows the names of directors and um, animators. Uh, he's quite an expert on it. And the reason he's an expert is because he fell into autism. He was an early-onset autism kid and fell into autism sometime between the ages of 2 and 3 after having been normal developing. Um and Disney animated features played a huge role in helping Owen rejoin uh, the world. Uh, he taught himself how to speak and how to relate to the world by watching Disney animated movies. And I have to add uh, something that Ron always points out, his father. This couldn't have happened before the advent of the VCR because he was able to go forward and backward and forward and backward, and forward and backward. So he was able to fit words with actions. Uh, and that is what they found him doing. And <clears throat> once they tried to unravel this mystery, they didn't quite know what was going on. And it took them a while. Uh, you know, their family, needless to say, was was involved every second of his life and, and uh, doctors and so on and so forth. And once they realized that he was self-teaching using Disney animated features, they sort of all jumped in, his family, that is, all jumped into and his doctors, too, actually, uh, and created something that they called Disney Therapy. Um, so I got this note backstage, and he asked if I would mind calling his son for his birthday. It would be very uh, – that Jafar had played a big part uh, in his, um, in his uh, rediscovery of the world. And um, so, of course, I was a little – skeptical about it it sounded a bit to be honest a bit too fantastic to be true it sounded a bit like a like a fairy tale a real life fairy tale kind of a a a, a, a fantastic story in a way but um i did talk to owen and talk more to ron and uh it was a story that moved me and uh, uh he's a, a a great kid uh now young man, and uh his family is very interesting uh, ron's wife Cornelia, and he has a son uh, i mean a, uh, they have another son named walter um It's just a very interesting, interesting, and dynamic family, so I got very involved with them after that. I started going to washington d c at the time where they lived to go to owen's Halloween parties and um got <laughs> to know owen and um the story was so wonderful that I, I kind of urged Ron I said, I think that this is a feature film. This is this is a this is a this is a film. I mean I saw it from the moment he told me about it, I saw it in cinematic terms. Uh and we did a treatment which is um hopefully going to happen at some point, but in the meantime Ron wrote the book, basically the Sort of the Bible in a way that we use for this project. All things—it's called *Life Animated* by Ron Suskind. It's a—it's a wonderful book, and uh, uh, I urge your your listeners to read it. I think that it's uh, it, it's a wonderful story, and it's all true. And it reads like you—you you just can't believe what you're reading at times. Uh, And then a a documentary filmmaker named Roger Ross Williams, who was an Academy Award-winning documentary filmmaker, took an interest in it, and we completed a documentary not that long ago, and it was just accepted at Sundance, and it will have its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in the documentary category on January 23rd, so I'm very excited about that, in case you can't tell, and um, proud of it, of course, because I... I um I think it's a story that just will not just move people and be interesting to people but it's really about something it is about something important and um so we will see um what happens at the film festival I am sure it'll be received well I can't imagine that it won't and um and that's it that's it that's what I have to say <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, it sounds like such an amazing story as well, like you said, it's one of those that you know I'm sure that everybody's going to latch on to this, especially you know all Disney fans out there and so many parents dealing with autism. This is just a fantastic story, and you know we know you're busy, but of course, finally closing out here, I guess with everything you know because you are such a busy guy, but you know, do you have anything out there for all the fans of Jonathan Freeman, people whose lives you've touched, whether that's through Jafar, your Broadway works, this documentary um you know people like myself where you You know, Aladdin was one of those fuels when I was in college for me to take up animation and I pass it down to my four kids. Do you have anything out there for anybody listening in that is fans of Jonathan Freeman, fans of Jafar, fans of all your Broadway work that you'd like to leave out there?
5: I think, you know, that everybody, I hope everybody, you know, will recognize that it is a a highly collaborative art form, animation, and... It is just a small microcosm of the world. It's a highly collaborative world. You know, I'm really, Jonathan, I'm really an old hippie at heart. And, uh you know, people have said to me, oh, you're in a show that's about wishes. If you had one wish, what would you wish for? Well, you know, I'm wishing for the same thing I've been wishing for since 1968, and that's world peace. I I think that it has to do with collaboration and uh i think collaboration has become sort of a theme in my life when i go to teach at, at universities on the university level at for uh in an acting and musical theater i i try to at some point talk about collaboration uh theater arts uh, the theater is a very is a highly collaborative place you know it's not just people remember the actors but you know there are countless numbers of people set designers costume designers lighting designers uh prop designers uh you know makeup people crews uh, lighting uh, technicians uh it's it's just unbelievable you know the, the world that we work in it takes you know 150 people every night to put on the show here and the cooperation that it takes the the um collaboration that it takes to, to put the show on never ceases to amaze me and i i I hope that people will recognize that collaboration and in, in all things, you know, and if you're a fan of animation, then you can certainly understand what I'm talking about.
1: Definitely. You know, well, you know, I think it's like you said, it's one of those where world peace would always be the number one thing that, you know, could always make everything better. Well, you know, with that in closing, Jonathan, it was our pleasure having you stop in, take this trip down memory lane, looking to the future with the documentary and of course more stage performances for yourself. So thank you once again for making that magic of memory for all of our listeners and so many others and you're always welcome back anytime.
5: Great pleasure. Thank you so much.
11: Jafar!
1: Sorry
4: to spoil your picnic, boys. But I can't have any genies mucking about ruining my plans. Don't worry, boo.
2: He's a genie and genies can't kill anyone. <laughs> You be
4: surprised what you can live through. <laughs> you always were good for a laugh. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now?
4: <laughs> I believe it's me. I must admit, your parlor tricks are amusing. I bet you've got a bunny under your hat. Now here's your chance to get the best of me. Hope your hand is hot. Come on clown, let's see what you've got. You can try to slam me with your hardest stuff. But your double whammy isn't up to snuff. I'll set the record straight. Just simply out of date. You're only second rate. You <laughs> think your cat's a meanie, but your tiger's tame. You've got a lot to learn about the genie game. So for your education, I reiterate, <laughs> you're only second rate. Men cower at the power in my pinky. <laughs> My thumb is number one on every list. But if you're not convinced that I'm invincible, put me to the test. I'd <laughs> love to lay this rivalry to rest. Go ahead and zap me with the big surprise. Slap me in a trap, cut me down to size. I'll make a great escape. It's just a piece of cake. You're on second race. You know, your hocus-pocus isn't tough enough And your mumbo-jumbo doesn't measure up Let me pontificate upon your sorry state You're only second-rate Zabik have Gorelli's gonna grab ya! Malik on the bus And this thing's bigger than the both of us! So- tremendous spare, your courage in your underwear, and I can hardly wait to discombobulate. I'll send your back end packing in a shipping crate. You'll make a better living
2: with a spinning plate.
4: You're only second
5: rate. Hello, this is Hayley Mills, and you're listening to Disney On Demand.
6: Hey there, D Heads! with an all new magical music review. I am thrilled about this week's guest star. Jonathan Freeman stopped by to chat with Jonathan earlier. As we all know, Mr. Freeman is the voice of Jafar in Disney's 31st animated classic, Aladdin, and is currently the performer for Jafar on Disney's Broadway production of Aladdin. Having Mr. Freeman on the show gives me the perfect opportunity to roll out some Disney Broadway music for a review. Disney's Aladdin opened on Broadway in the New Amsterdam Theater on March 20th, 2014. It was nominated for five Tony Awards, one for Best Original Score for Chad Begulin, Alan Macon, Tim Rice, and the late Howard Ashman. Along with new original songs and songs from the original film, a few songs that Alan and Howard had written for the original film were reintroduced and brought to life on stage. And now that I've gabbed on, let's get to the music. With songs queued up and ready to go, I invite you to sit back, relax, and follow me to the magical place of the New Amsterdam Theater and Agrabah to discover the music of Disney Theatrical Productions' sixth Broadway production, Aladdin. In the original film screenplay, Aladdin's mother was alive. Howard Ashman had written a song for Aladdin to sing, acknowledging his mistakes and promises he'd made to his mother and how he's going to right his wrongs and make things alright. This song was proud of your boy. Howard fought hard to keep this song in the film, but as changes to the story began to alter the plot and the mother was written out of the story altogether, the song went to the cutting room floor. The demo version of the song had been released with a special edition release in the early 2000s which you hear now, and singer Clay Aiken released a cover of the song. But it wasn't until the Broadway show that the song that Howard loved so much was fully recognized in its rightful place in the story. Here, Adam Jacobs, the talented performer playing the role of Aladdin on stage, brings to life this beautiful ballad that Howard and Alan wrote.
10: I'm gonna become somebody. I don't know how exactly, but I am. I have to. Somehow. Your boy, I'll make you proud of your boy. Believe me, bad as I've been, Ma. You're in for a pleasant surprise. I've wasted time. I've wasted me. So say I'm slow for my age. A late bloomer. Okay, I agree that I've been one rotten kid. Some son. Some pride and some joy, but I'll get over these lousing up, messing up, screwing up times. You'll see, Ma, now comes the better part. Someone's gonna make good, cross your stupid heart, make good, and finally make you proud of your. Taller or smarter or handsome or wise I'll do my best, what else can I do Since I wasn't born perfect like dad or you Mom, I will try to Try hard to make you Proud of your boy
6: What the film Aladdin is missing is a song for our princess. Unlike the other princesses in the Disney royal court at the time, Jasmine was the only one not to have a song to herself. While the demo playing now, Call Me a Princess, had been written for our leading lady, it did not make the final cut. In the Broadway production, the beautiful Courtney Reed brings Jasmine to life and sings the all-new song, These Palace Walls. In this song, Jasmine sings of her desire to escape from behind the palace walls and experience what must be happening just beyond them. She is joined by her ladies-in-waiting, here performed by Tia Altine, Corey michel Pitanon, and Marisha Wallace, who come to give their princess some advice and their opinions on her dream adventure. Of the new songs written for the show, this one is my favorite. Relatively simple in the instrumentation, the orchestra blends with the voices of the four ladies on stage quite nicely. A princess must say this. A
7: princess must marry a total stranger. It's absurd! sugar talk of
3: love, but it's an act merely meant to throw me. How can someone love me when in fact they don't know me? They want my royal treasure when all is said and done. It's time for a desperate measure. So I wonder, why shouldn't I fly so far? I know the girl I might become here, sad and confined, and always locked behind
6: these palace walls. I don't know, princess. For someone like you, the outside world might be kinda overwhelming.
3: Is that a promise? I think it do her some good. You do? Honey, I've never seen somebody who needed to get out more. To show devotion every day And not second guesses If a new emotion comes my way You suppress it. What would be your suggestion? Stand on your own two feet And ask for a certain question Keep repeating
6: or Gaston, Jafar does not have a big musical number in the 1992 film. Two were written, Humiliate the Boy and Why Me, which you hear now. Think of this as the song originally in place of the Prince Ali reprise. It was large, it was grand, it did not fit. And so we came to the Prince Ali reprise. While Jonathan Freeman still sings this particular song in the Broadway show, Jafar now has a full number of his own, Diamond in the Rough. Taking place where Jafar convinces Aladdin to help him by going into the Cave of Wonders, Mr. Freeman and Don Daryl Rivera, the talented man portraying Iago on stage, share the spotlight. The majority is sung by Mr. Freeman, with Mr. Rivera prompting him to try different persuasive tactics. Ultimately succeeding, the number ends with Aladdin journeying deep to find what lies far within, and Jafar and Iago wishing him luck. A fun addition to the score as a whole, it finally gives us a chance to have a full villain number for Jafar.
4: (laughs) You're the one that I need. You're nimble, stealthy, skilled. Do you want to continue abusing those skills? Stealing bits of bread and worthless baubles? Or do you want to make a name for yourself and do something that would make any mother proud? You have the profile of a prince with a physique that matches... Beneath the dirt and patches, you are a diamond in the rough. I say we work together since you're braver than we two are. We're just as shocked as you are that and you're a diamond in the rough. rough. Hey, I'm no diamond in the buzzer. The filth and the fleas, there are gifts that you've been neglecting. And truth be told were not quite the guy that we were expecting. And though you might need finesse and perhaps some disinfecting, you'll be the one who succeeds when a lamb of their needs
10: collecting. I don't know, guys. Uh, I
4: got a funny feeling about this. I better just be on my way. Take one step and die, you brainless miscreant. Happy place. Apologies What I meant to say is You just don't know how swell you are You just don't know how swell you are So far the it It's chills. just
1: a hitty-bitty
4: hit. You're an embarrassment of riches Embarrassing to true. You are the diamond in the rough Let's all rejoice The
9: spooky voice said You're the diamond in the rough
4: Lies deep within you may
10: enter I don't believe it. My mother always said that if I only applied myself, if I only believed
4: that We don't have time for self-discovery! Fetch me the lamb now! Wish me luck! Buy you diamond and bar, please try you diamond in the Don't die, you Diamond Kimber! At
11: last!
6: And so it goes short and sweet. We've come to the end of our time together. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Disney on Demand and hanging around for another magical music review. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or general feedback, don't hesitate to contact me. Feel free to connect with me on the Dwire discussion page on Facebook or at page at disradio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at DisRadio.com. I hope you all have a great rest of your week, D Heads, and until next time, see ya!
0: Our dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Gert right down that
3: Get this! At school, I found this magic lamp, and I wished for Disney's Aladdin for my Sega Genesis. It's like the movie! I got to battle sword slashing thieves, and nasty palace guards, and ride a flying carpet. And I still have two more wishes. (laughs) Prove it!
0: Sega Genesis and Disney's Aladdin game cartridge, each sold separately.
7: Hey D-Heads, do you know what was the most popular gadget of 2015 was? Any guesses? Some would say it would be the smartphones, tablets, or even Christmas laser light projections. Nope, neither of them. At the number one spot it was the flying drones, and coming closely to the number two spot was Hoverboards by Segway. Even Disney is flying forward with their plans to add enhanced magic to their parades and fireworks. Back in August 21st, 2014, the WDI patents show that quad copper drones used for flying screens, LED light displays, or even using for flying puppetry. Now the Walt Disney Company has taken the next step in integrating drones into their fireworks shows at Disneyland and at Walt Disney World. Flexels is the new code name for this new future project to be used at the Disney Parks. Disney also applied to the Federal Aviation Administration for Section 333 Exception Request which all allows a company to legally operate drones commercially. The drones could fly pre-programmed, flight pass, it can fly up to the maximum height of 150 feet it will emit LED lights at variable intervals and can fly up to 50 drones at once during a fireworks display Disney also filed that drones will only fly in pyrotechnic clear zones which is currently not accessible to guests. So what's your thought on this? Would you like to see this during your favorite fireworks display show? I could see coming to the wonderful show that's going to be at coming at the Animal Kingdom. Avatar Land at the Animal Kingdom as well. I'm looking forward to this. This sounds really exciting. And I'm really hoping to see this type of media to come to the Disney parks. Not just only at the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. But also through the other Disney chains that's, that Disney has. And possibly I'm thinking it might be even shown at the Disneyland Shanghai. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time.
4: I come from a land, from a faraway place, where the caravan camels roam. Where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. When the wind's from the east, and the sun's from the west, and the sand in the glass is right. Come on down, stop on by, hop a carpet and fly to
10: another Arabian night. Arabian nights, like Arabian days, more often than not, are hotter than
11: hot in a lot of good ways.
0: Fall and fall
10: hard Out there on the door.
0: Taking you on those magical journeys From your lifetime of Disney See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand Dibs! Here's your host Jonathan Johnson
6: Okay, I'm convinced And a little
1: disgusted oh, all right, head. so I am back, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented Broadway actor, voice icon, Jonathan Freeman, stopping in here this week here at the show. Thank you, Jonathan, for stopping in and sharing your wit, your wisdom, and all kinds of fun in bringing Jafar to life for all of us Disney fans out there. It truly is a magical character, and of course, Laddin on Broadway, and so much more thank you, Jonathan, for once again for taking that time and stopping in here with all of us D-heads. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Nathan, Paige, Randy, Cody, and Jason all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, there would be no show and everyone would be unfortunate to listen to me every single week. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-heads. Without you, there would be no show. I say that every single week and I truly mean it. Without you, there would be no show. There would be no magic from this lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-heads for helping us get to our sixth year so far here at Diz Radio, you truly are magical in the reason we do this show. So all of you D-Ads, we have another fantastic guest who's going to be stopping in here next week, but before I do that and let you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, and first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, that's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com dizradio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com/disneyondemand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more just by searching Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, quirky, simple, magical little show. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. And remember, you can always get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your tablet, your iPhone, your Android, and more just by subscribing through Stitcher Radio and iTunes and get the latest shows right there on your devices to listen to as soon as they get released. Go there and subscribe at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So, all of you d with that out of the way, next week, we're going to go into the future. Think the children of the Disney icon princes and princesses. Think somebody that is a beast of a character, somebody who has a son who is bound to become king, and so many other things. Think about it, put it together, and we have a lot of fun stopping in here next week here at the show. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, we hope you had a magical show. Make those wishes with the genie, steer clear of the evil one Jafar, and all kinds of fun. So, as I always say, slow down, take time, and as I'm going to do this week with the father-daughter dance, never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-Heads, have a fantastic weekend, and I am off to have a wonderful evening with my daughter with the father-daughter dance. Catch you next week, all of you D-Hads. Have a fantastic weekend. In
3: Agrabah, and the party's all for me. Just look, you guys, at where we are and how our dreams have come to be. There's a party here in Agrabah and I can't believe it's true. After all this waiting, here we are. We'll finally get to say, I do. I never, ever had a real family. I never, ever had a real true friend. Someone who could just understand me. Hey, come on,
2: alive. This mush is gonna end! There's a party here in Agrabah, and it's starting right away. Let's get you dress, cause you're the star! Hey, come on, it's your wedding day! We're finally getting married. We're finally getting married. (laughs) We're finally getting married. Look at all these presents. We're
3: finally getting married. (laughs) I'm finally getting married. (laughs) 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 (laughs)